0: I'm Karen Orton, Editor-in-Chief of Oak the Nordic Journal and I'm here in Mikkler Bar in Copenhagen with Caroline Seelissen and Bo Linegaard, who are both featured in the new issue of Oak, which is dedicated to Nordic innovators who are breaking new ground. Um, Bo is behind the food agency, I'm a combo, with uh, Lasse Askov. He until recently ran the Social Act, which was a biennial, a very popular biannual supper club that um, featured unusual experimental culinary experiences and bringing design together with food and he also does this for private events Um, and Caroline is an artist a jeweler and an architect Um, she's done a number of fashion collaborations and she recently started her new jewelry line which is called Coralie Um, and I would like to start with you Caroline because you work across so many different fields and yet there is a real coherent um, vision and aesthetic that ties it all together so can you tell me a bit about how the art, the architecture
1: and the jewellery um, how you came to work across all of these fields? Um, well, as an architect I don't think it's that rare to work within several creative fields, it's like very normal as an architect to also do maybe photography, sonography, uh, interior design, furniture, so it's it's kind of like within my main field which is architecture that's very normal um, but, I, but I also think that I've always had like this um, love for experimentation and trying out new things learning so just along the way I just fell in love with some of the things that I tried for example uh, for, uh, for one period like for three years ago I had this uh, obsession about tiny objects mm-hmm. uh, I loved tiny everything and then uh, I tried to do like tiny sculptures and then it became jewelry. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, yeah, it's, it all just interlocks in a way.
0: And there's a real defined aesthetic behind Coralie um, like an inspiration?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, the main, the main uh, inspiration is like the sea and what, what uh, everything that goes or takes place under uh, sea level because, you know, as an architect, we work above ground and I, seem to know a lot about that now. But I've, but you know there's like so many mysterious places There are so many things that we don't know about the, the ocean. There's I mean most of the ocean we haven't really been there yet like as human beings and there is this mysterious like mythology about the ocean and it's at the same time scary but also very fascinating. So Kurali is trying to um, inhabit that world and and figure out what's What's going on there and what's the aesthetics of of the the ocean
0: very nice okay and Bo, i'd like to ask you um how did i'm a combo start and what is a creative food agency <laughs>
2: <laughs> um i don't know <laughs> um, um and i guess i don't know because food is, has been so restricted the framework has been set for for so many years and i think i felt very sort of uh, like as an as in prisoner um back when i was a head chef at this fancy restaurants um and then i became the creative director at a place called madelines food theater which was um this place where you would enter and you know you would have a show not like like a dinner and a dance but more like a dinner with dance or dinner with sound or dinner with smell or so it's like a multi central place where I sort of got the hang of of food. Could be so much more. Um, the problem was that uh, once again I became like this prisoner because um, because at Madeline's uh, all these dancers, you know, they they started dancing a little too much. The expectations from the audience were, you know, now we're going to see this this performance, and once again I felt there was something missing. Um, and when I quit uh, that job I went back home and I had you know some serious thinking about what was the uh, sort of most important part about a dinner and I was expected to be this fancy you know chef and doing things within the the, the, you know the framework of, of traditions and and I came up with uh, I didn't want to be that. I wanted to focus on the social space and, you know, the interaction between the diners, um, and not myself. Um, so, yeah, oh, back to what is I'm a combo and <laughs> a creative food <laughs> <laughs> agency. Um, that's just like something we say to to sound cool. I think uh, we're still trying to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm a Combo is is a business where you know Lasse, my, my partner and I he came from like a Michelin star background nice. and I came from Madlands food theatre Madlands was too much Michelin star was too restricted and mm-hmm. um, so we sort of took the both uh, both from, oh, the best from, from both worlds and we created Amakumbo that is basically craft and uh, experience okay. so the combination of okay yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'd like to ask you both about the role that collaboration plays in your work. So, um, Caroline, you've done some fashion collaborations and art collaborations using your artworks. And what are some of your favorites? What's a recent one that you've done?
1: Um, the most recent uh, that I've done was a collab with uh, two girls that uh, make scarves, like silk scarves here. Um, and they printed on silk in, in Denmark, and everything is sewed and printed. Everything is made in Denmark. And um, I've always wanted to, not always, but it feels like always because I think about it so much, but recently, the past few years, um, I wanted to explore, like, the painting itself. I mean, somebody, uh, some artist works with, like, cutting up the the canvas or making it be three-dimensional, but I was thinking, oh, if we could do it in more, like, soft way and not make it, like, a construction, because it would still be very uh, still when you do it that way. So I came across the idea of um, getting my paintings printed on some kind of fabric. Could it could it be something more, but not but not for like a textile print for a shirt or for a dress, but still as a as a painting. And then I stumbled upon these girls making scarves. Um, so yeah, I, I painted a, a few a, a small series of paintings with inspiration from uh, my family's country house in Vaiby. Um and then we tried to print it on different kind of silk and and experimented with the with the size mm-hmm. which was really it was really fun process uh first of all to like see your painting now on silk on a wall frame there was like a completely different vibe to it also it feels like more relaxed not that i mean you know sometimes when there's a painting people don't even, don't even want to touch it or they're like a little bit afraid of it mm-hmm. uh but this was uh, was so much more relaxed and not so uh so uptight and and also that I had to like the first um, the first uh, paintings I did, the, then I just painted it like like a picture, mm-hmm. but then, when I saw them on silk, then I began to think of, oh that what does it even mean like how can you fold it and what does it mean what shows and which colors get together? Mm-hmm. so I kind of like had to make a system like it it both had to be uh, a painting with a with a motive, but also. When you folded it, it shouldn't be like too crazy with all colors together. It should be still be kind of uh, tasteful. So that was really funny to think of the of a painting that you can fold while you uh, paint it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the the funny things that you that you stumble upon things that you didn't know that you were going to do and it, and it uh, challenged you to think of what you already do in a, in another way. But you enjoy that challenge. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that challenge and also. It's funny because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do silk scarves in the future. So it's also funny to learn a different process or mm-hmm. learn something about another creative field that, that gives you a new uh, side or a new yeah. give you a new eye on, on the things that you already do. Yeah,
2: I completely agree. I think uh, what you're saying is 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 exactly what i um, I was talking about before. Um, you know the, the the collaborations sort of were not meant to be like as a chef. You're not meant to do stuff like that. You mean like in the art world, you can do anything, right? Uh, and that—that that was what I was trying to explain before. Um, that that food is so restricted. It's been like a plate, almost like the frame. Mm-hmm. Now you're like bending like your, your works and, and painting while you do it, um, and that's pretty much the same that we do with our collaborations. It's just not allowed in a way, um, but it's the best uh, best experience. Like the you know being on, you know, in deep water, not knowing you know. where where you'll end up and also um, what you were saying about learning new processes is super inspiring Um, and what we're doing right now is is a a collaboration with a a French artist called Atma and he's basically this very gifted graphic designer, former street artist, you know, that kind of guy Um, but he's also a great friend and the collaborations also for us sometimes brings friends together Um, which I think is the second most uh, important part about this process. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've made this collaboration called Friendship and Craftsmanship, which is uh, now, you know, it's it's just uh, like a a coffee tin Mm -hmm. that we're making, but it's it's still like just this collaboration, learning how to to print on new materials, Mm -hmm. learning for me how to sort of, how can we put food into this, how can we serve it, how can we use it and which combinations can be you know add to this uh, object
0: mm-hmm. what about when you work with private clients and do an event does the client dictate the experience or do you tailor it to them
2: um that varies but most of our clients they they know that they can't really dictate <laughs> too much you know but but then when that is said obviously their product will dictate something um, because um, you know we need to sort of take that in uh, as inspiration as uh, and the most important part of the sort of design mm-hmm. Um but then when that is interpreted into food you know it completely changes so um, and we probably lose them on the way so you know the end result we can sort you of manipulate Always, you always <laughs> <lose them. Yeah. laughs> exactly you know the first two meetings they're going hard so i think there's a there's a huge difference between what you were talking about like the scarf and and my coffee tin um, and then working, you know, commercial client, you know, trying to create an experience with the product. Um, it's two different things, I think.
0: But can you give us an example? Like, what are one or two of your favorite food design experiences that you've created? Uh,
2: in, in a collaboration?
0: In a collaboration or on your own for the supper yeah. club?
2: I, I think, um, you know, some, some, like recently I did and I was like, uh, people, I was laughed at a lot. Like, uh, I did this rainy tent uh, at some stage where, you know, it's just a tent where the rain came down mm-hmm. and uh, and I sort of invited guests for a pre-dinner drink there and it was sunshine. So, and basically the the idea came from, you know, I have to uh, create this cozy, nice and welcoming space and what's better than sitting under like dry and warm under sort of a rainy um, roof. Um, so, so we did that and I think it was super successful and, and 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 when you look at it from the outside, it was like, what are they doing? And when you went in, inside, it was like amazing experience. So I think for me, that was one of the recent most successful and most sort of inspiring for myself, because it was so simple. Um, and also, so, um, when, when it was going on, it was, it was um, super um, nice for the guests. Um, and then we've done all to like edible grass on a wall inspired by you know grazing cows and sort of more like a (laughs) more like a statement you know how you know how is it that food needs to be so complicated uh, when 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 cows are just grazing raw grass you know digesting it and people like you know they have all from like eating disorders to um you know to snobbish uh, reactions and they you know there's so much going on around the table with all the diners that it it became or it becomes extremely complicated
0: Mm -hmm. that's very interesting so you would ask people to eat the grass off the wall
2: just lick it off like you know and it was just like and i think the experience like the, the the great part about that design was that uh, what I was saying before with the combination of craft and, and experience because it's super hard to turn grass into a spray paint, right? Mm-hmm. Without, you know, adding things that you can't eat. And it's also super hard to get it up there. Um, and that's, that's the craft, that's the upbringing, that's what we've learned throughout the years working hard in the kitchen. And then the experience part was exactly, you know, licking it off and, and how, you know, that vibe that that sort of created.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you doing now? You've stopped the biannual supper club. Yeah. Do you have a, a plan for um, what's next?
2: Um, f- m- first, firstly, we, we stopped the, the social act because you know the, 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 the track was so deep that the creative process was narrowing in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was successful, and I think it was great for for us as sort of a. Catalyst to to create new designs like to keep on like I guess you also know like you have to keep up pr- uh, pr- Producing ideas and and sometimes it's nice to have a deadline. That's not your own so so the social act was brilliant for us as a deadline um, It was brilliant to have it so that we were forced to to work <laughs> basically to create new things but but after 18 editions uh, we also felt very sort of um, restricted because we were sitting down there and we we're trying to to move out and, and do new things. So instead of just waiting for a new genius idea, um, we just finished it and are hoping that you know some idea will come up okay. at some stage.
0: And Caroline, where do you see your practice um, going and intersecting? You're graduating this year. In architecture, and you have the architecture, the art, and the jewelry. Where would you like them to intersect um, in the future?
1: Well, my um, the master that I'm doing now is in is in art and architecture. So we work. Well, right now I'm also working like how how art and architecture intersect, both like in the in the mindset, like how you how you think of it, and in the creation process a bit also like where, what Bo talked about before. Like there is uh, maybe in if you do a collaboration or also just like, as you said, in art, you can you can do more. You don't have like the same limitations. And that's also the same with architecture because we have a program, we have a user, we have a specific site with specific rules. There is a city uh, overall uh, guidelines that you have to follow. There are so many restrictions. Um, but as an artist, you have more free space. And, and there's more room to be intuitive in a way, like that there can be uh, serendipity. There is... Um, space for um, finding something that you didn't know that you were looking for, and that can sometimes add something slightly odd or interesting uh, in a way. So that's in that sense, I'm trying to to get art more into the, the creation process and the mindset about architecture to to make slightly odd things that you haven't seen before without making like one funny idea or one trying to make like the. the the new great something, but just for slight slight changes mm-hmm. that along the road hopefully will will evolve and and make something new mm-hmm. um, and you can say that uh, coralli the the jewelry I work with them as as tiny sculptures so whatever if i i mean if I make an architectural conceptual model and I find there would be maybe a corner or something that's interesting in that, but it's not useful for for the the project that I'm doing. Then I will just keep it in this kind of big library, and then they can all like feed from each other and influence. Um, so hopefully, I at some point I'll be able to do all three things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Bo, do you feel that you've benefited from this ongoing fascination with Nordic food that's happened in the last ten years here?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. F- uh, obviously, we all have and. I think what we're doing right now is, you know, why is a chef sitting here? And I guess that's a result of this 10 years of success in, in Danish food culture. Um, so, so obviously yes, I have. Um, it's also become easier to work abroad. You know, if, if you're Danish, you're like cool.
1: <laughs> so it's <laughs>
2: like easier to to get customers abroad and, and all this. As, as you were talking about feeding off each other, like all this feeds off each other, and you, you know. First you go to Sweden, and then you go to Berlin, and then you go to New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens uh, all the time, and, and I think that's due to to the success of, of the Scandinavian Nordic um, cuisine. Um, personally, I don't think uh, I have benefited too much. I think it's it's been um, hard to 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 uh, stay independent because you're you're looking at all this success and. You know it's hard not to join it it's 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 hard not to sort of take a little off it and I have copied and I have sort of gotten inspired from it uh, but I've really really spent a lot of effort not um, <laughs> doing that and I think that's been probably you know not so good for me uh, as a as a creator Um yeah so so it's, it's a it's a bit of both you know, in a way
0: mm-hmm. Um, with both of you, you have quite an experimental, free-spirited approach. Do you think that that is part of your own individual way of working, or do you feel like you fit within a wider attitude and approach of within Copenhagen and in the Nordic region?
1: Well, I don't know so much about about food, so I'll start within the architecture. But um, well, I mean, everybody knows that Scandinavian has like this very minimalistic, very um, tactile perception. Um, yeah, this eye for detail. So there is kind of like um, a way to do things, uh, but that's that might be more like in the traditional way of thinking. I, I think there is a wave coming now that that opens up for more uh, experimentation with shape and form, and also like hybrid uh, programming, like um, putting together uh, building programs into one. One building, and I think we're beginning to experiment with a lot of uh, not so Danish, not so Scandinavian design, and not everything has to be super uh, rigid and like straight lines. I also see more curves. I mean, I, for myself, I love curves and like soft lines, and I can see at architecture school that maybe there's two of us, not so many, but but I mean. But, I, but I, see, uh, I see more acceptance and I see more like for the six years that I've been at school now, like the, the teachers also begin to, to see it and, and understand it because like at school, it's like very old school and everybody looking back at the, the 20s and Miss van der Rohe and all those guys. So I feel slowly we're getting there. But, um, but still, I mean, like for, for example, with jewelry, there's a very like strict and simple line and as you said I'm not I'm I'm not saying that I'm doing something completely different I also feed from that in a way with Kurali. I mean I can see that it's not the most crazy jewelry that I'm doing but at the same time I'm trying to to find uh, another another shapes another mindset and concepts from the the sea theme that I told about earlier mm-hmm. and trying to combine them so I don't think that you have to break out I mean it's also okay to to accept that you you're coming from somewhere, uh, but still keep on challenging it. That
2: sounds great. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was listening so hard, so I actually forgot. <laughs> 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 Except for the co- for for for. for do you feel like you fit within? Yeah, fit um, within or, or yeah 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 yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I've. I've I don't want to sound sad or like <laughs> I don't feel like I fit in anywhere now um I, I i definitely don't feel a part of something big. I think Les and I has uh, have never been a part of anything. I think that's been um also our sort of focus not to be um When that is said, we don't want to sound like two angry teenagers trying to change the world and and Because we're not we're also just two happy guys want to you know do something great and something fun and uh, You know get 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 people to interact and and have a better time around our tables. So sometimes it's not this um, super complicated process and uh, whether we're part of something bigger or not but in general, I think we're definitely not part of, of anything, and I and I think that has been super important for our creative process to open up for collaborations, to open up to get inspired by Caroline or whoever we meet and whoever we work with, whoever we see uh, on the on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and when doing that, you always make some you know some 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 changes around you and and separate yourself from you know, from what's out there.
0: Mm-hmm. If there is one thing that you could change for the next generation coming after you, for both of you, I and mean, let's start with you, Bo, what would that yeah. be?
2: Um, <laughs> no, but that's, that I think I have a clear answer of, of that okay. because, because I, I would love to change the way we consider a, a meal, like a menu. I think, <coughs> I think it's so old school, it's so worn out. Um, it makes no sense in my sort of head. And um, I would love for, for people, for other chefs, for, but also for, for, from, from guests to understand that food is so much more than a starter and a main course and a dessert. It's about you know, the interaction of, of who you're with, it's about the experience you, you, you have with your friends and family, um, and it's not really about you know the, the, the different stages of a meal. Um, so I think we should more look at it like as you know um, sort of like what 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 do you need to put into a meal in the in the beginning okay you need to do (laughs) something interactive you need to do something surprising you need to do something that will get people together you know because we all know that sometimes you don't feel that good and you need some help to start the conversation or what um but then you need like maybe you need something tasty something comforting you need to sort of um, re, uh, you need to, to to make some food that that people will enjoy and feel satisfied with, and and uh, they know maybe, like comfort food and stuff like that, and then you need to do something fun as well. And I think that can be sort of, uh, for me, like that's what I'm trying to say, uh, And but it could be anything. And then mobility, I think, is, a, is another part of the meal, it's super static, like you, you always sit at a table, you always... You know, you have these uh, sort of rules in your head going on. You need to pour some wine for Caroline. You need to, like, sit properly and get your back straight. And you need to... And I think that part of it also needs uh, to be challenged.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and Caroline, what would you say is one thing that you could change?
1: Um, I, was, I agree a lot with the bow. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for example, it sounds like you talk talking about uh, the, the rituals of eating, like... And the rituals of what's in a plate and uh, on a menu, mm-hmm. and I feel maybe it's a bit the same way with architecture because we have like this strong tradition of uh, building techniques and how to program a building. And like, for example, if I am to draw a kitchen, I will have like these standard idea of okay, how where should the uh, where should the oven be uh, compared to the sink, and all these kind of uh, like um, social uh, patterns or like. Uh, movement patterns that you that you that you've learned as an architect Mm -hmm. and I think it would be a a good way to a, a good thing would be to try to challenge that and say okay maybe in an apartment you don't need to have like these three room programs but you can but you can open it open them up intersect them and think maybe it's not that bad that that the kitchen is right next to the bedroom or whatever or it doesn't have to be like four walls, it could be two walls or a fragment of a wall. it doesn't doesn't have to be in the same way and, 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 and maybe make room for new ways of uh, moving patterns and and a new yeah constellations of, of rooms put together. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, there is this um, uh, there is this house, what's it called? Uh, house in a plum grove, I think it's called in Japan in Tokyo where um, the architect ha- it's, it's a one family house but the architect ha- haven't put uh, any like specific program into what room, it's more like there is one movement or one ritual for each room so this room is for the ritual of tea or the ritual of sitting or like it's, it's not about it's, it's a living room or it's a dining room or bathroom, it's more like you have one act in each room and I think that's I'm not sure if it's um, working. I haven't I haven't been there, but uh, but it's an interesting way of thinking, uh, how to create space. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a bit a bit of the same in a way, but just yeah. in, in two different sure. fields.
0: Mm, a good correlation. Yeah. And last question: um, If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I, I, I behave well. <laughs> no, I don't know. Be nice to people. <laughs> yeah,
0: something <laughs> um, that would help you. know you feel yeah, like you would. Yeah, but it's
2: like a, to a to super know. difficult question because being like different, trying to seek new ways, and and uh, it's it's not necessarily nice. Like <laughs> not always like a nice way of living. Um, it's it's a great way of living as well, and and but I don't think I would tell my son to do it. I think I would no, tell him to be, be nice. No, you saying or, no.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Consider um, whenever
1: you say yes to
2: things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay stay you know stay true and and consider when you say yes. I think. Yeah,
1: because sometimes you end up working with, like for a collaboration or something that you end up doing something completely different. Yeah. I mean, actually, no. Sometimes, co- most times. Most times, because right now we're just sitting and pointing out all the great things that we learned, but that's like only like a tiny part of it I mean there's you also have to it's not like a straight straight way to to learning you have to go all these different roads so maybe sometimes but I think
2: uh, uh, sorry to interrupt but I think your point before about you're talking about this um, you know underwater thing and Mm -hmm. and doing something new and I think doing new is is very you know you, you gain so much from from experiencing also the collaborations and learning new things so I think no, you know you shouldn't be afraid to sort of do things and, and even if it cost you failure I think it's it's worth it
0: thank you I think that's all thanks very much yeah great